Hello, and welcome to this episode of Self Made. I'm your host, D. Brown, CEO. Joining me today is Jeremy Simpson, the president and CEO of Systems Technology. Also on, on the panel today is Randolph Testain. He's a retiring commander in the Navy, as well as the executive director of Lorraine Enterprise. Gentlemen, welcome to Self Made. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thank, Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, and both of you all have been very successful in your respective uh, careers. Uh, you know, Randy, with you rising to the top ranks of the military, and Jeremy, with you running a um, national uh, data and communication company. Mm -hmm. uh, but I want to know a little bit more about your early years. Tell me about where you grew up and what your childhood was like. Okay, well, me, I came from a small town called Bassfield, Mississippi. It's not on the map, no stoplight, no Walmart, no McDonald's, anything like that. Um, schools. Um, elementary was first through fifth, and then uh, the high school was sixth through twelfth. And um, you know, fifty-fifty was the, the the breakdown, you know, between uh, the the people there as far as, far as diversity. And uh, you know, a few people have come out of there doing great, you know, in NFL and other things like that. But uh, for me, mostly, uh, my parents raised five kids, and I'm the eldest of five. Jeremy, what about you? So for me. Growing up in Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, the only son of my mom, two sisters, growing up in a small town, for me, that drive to be an entrepreneur started with my dad. He had a construction company, and I knew that that was something that I didn't want to do uh, <laughs> on hot roofs and things like that, yeah. shingles and things like that, so I wanted to take something and do something different, but as a child, more so, I was kind of raised with my grandmother. She kind of nurtured and kept me, protected me, and things like that. So I have kind of what you say is an old soul yeah. in some perspective. But childhood, you know, the typical small town, Clarksdale. I mean, we did have a Walmart and we did have <laughs> a grocery store, however. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. Safe and fun. What about uh, college? Where did you go to college? Uh, first two years, I went to Cahoma Community College in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Then I went to Alcorn State University, uh, the Alcorn State University. <laughs> uh, so I know we have a Southern gentleman here. I am. So for me, uh, those two institutions were the foundation for me to understand what it's like to a, be a student and to determine your purpose. And you had to be able to determine your purpose because you had to define a major, which allowed you to determine which field of studies you wanted to go in and what you wanted to pursue in life. Randy? So before I talk about my university, <laughs> go back to why I became the person that I am, right? So eldest of five in a small town, uh, my dad um, worked real hard many jobs as he could to take care of five kids and a wife. Yeah. And, uh, and I saw the struggle, but I saw him never stopping. And at the same time, we traveled a lot because his parents were from Alabama and my mom's parents were from Ohio. So we, we got a chance to see something different yeah. than just our normal environment of Bassfield. And you know, most people ended up staying in Bassfield or just ventured out just a little bit outside of that to maybe Hattiesburg or Jackson. I knew that there was more, I wanted to do more. And so what did I do? I said, well, uh, I know I can't lean on my parents to go to college. All of my parents went to Alcorn 
you know, both my parents, my grandparents, my brothers, my sister, aunts, some cousins, and, you know, even a nephew. They're smart there. individuals. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, uh, I, I didn't have a scholarship, so I had to figure out how to go, and I chose uh, the Navy route to do that. And so uh, the Navy afforded me the opportunity to go to college on full scholarship with Navy ROTC. And so I took that, and the doors that opened up from there wasn't Alcorn. It ended up being Southern University mm -hmm. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, <laughs> where we remain the standard for HBCUs. But uh, I chose that, and, uh, and that's where uh, I kind of found my footing. I found my family, you know, that's like family, but yeah. not family, to, that's friends to this day. And, uh, and although I have love for Alcorn because mm -hmm. I was essentially made there, right. Southern is my home. But Jeremy, um, you you own Systems Technology. Right. Uh, you are doing work across the United States. Right. What motivated you to start the company? What motivated me to start the company? It was kind of two things. One is I graduated from college and I started working for the Airport Authority. I uh, initially started working in Project Cost Accounting, which my major being mathematics and applied science. I mean, in com computer technology. So for me, on the mathematical side of things, my task was to manage the third runway project, which was like a $250 million project. Uh, in managing that, moving over to transitioning to contract compliance. And of course, as you know, in contract compliance, especially on the federal government side, I got a chance to look at individuals that look like me, that ran businesses that were doing very well. So as I said earlier, what you see is what you believe, and what you right. believe is what you become. So that motivated me, along with you know, being in the arena of doing technology and providing technology services on the side, motivated me to want to do this full time because it was a passion. Along with uh, a story I can tell you is that my son at nine months was diagnosed with what you call a vascular ring, and he had to have surgery. And during that time, although I was working, it was still a rough financial period. And with that being a rough financial period, to me, I said that there has to be more in life. There has to be something else that, that you can do to either supplement the income to cover medical bills and cover things like that. I just didn't know that it would turn out to be what it is that it is today with our company. Right. And so, you know, Randy, obviously, obviously you took the uh, military route, mm -hmm. but the interesting part of your story is that you um, rose to the uh, rank of commander. Mm -hmm. And that is a, a rank that's not easily achieved, uh, and mm -hmm. it's even less likely that you will become a commander if you are an African-American. So you have broken a number of standards uh, and barriers to, to get there. And so I want to talk to you about, you know, just that process because I think we had a we had a talk offset and we talked about the fact that if you join the military and you stay in the military, mm -hmm. you're gonna do you're gonna give hundred percent because they're gonna make sure you give hundred percent. That's right. But you still won't be a commander. That's right. Just because you come and do hundred percent. And That's so right. one of the things I always talk about is that in order to be highly successful, you have to give more than 100 percent because right. everyone that's out here trying to do something that they are really passionate about, they're going to give you 100 mm percent. -hmm. But that's the standard mm -hmm. to just do 
everything you're supposed to do. So in order for you to rise to the level, level of commander in the military, you had to go above and beyond. There were some things that you did that the other soldiers didn't do. So talk to me about the process. Oh yeah, so our process, uh, I'm a surface warfare officer you know, by discipline, which means I'm one of the guys that you see out on the ships. You know, we're doing missile employment, you know, big guns, you know, safety at sea, navigation, things like that. We're moving those ships through the water. At mm -hmm. the same time, we have people that we're responsible for, those systems and equipment that operate that ship at sea. Uh, we're running that. And so it's a difficult, complex process that you're on top of 24 hours a day. It's not one hour out of that day that somebody's not watching what's going on with that ship. And as a leader, as an officer, you're responsible for that. And so starting out, you know, we're all what we call ensigns. That's the lowest rank as an officer. And at that point, you are unqualified. You do not, you have not demonstrated the mastery uh, to be what we identify as surface warfare officers. So you have essentially 18 months to qualify in that discipline to prove yourself worthy to wear that pin. And so you step through that process and that's where a lot of us get washed out right away. You know, there are many of us that matriculate through the HBCU systems, through Naval Academy and other sourcings uh, like officer candidate school and such. Many of us start out, but it's very difficult, it's very hard, and many uh, complex challenges that you face to try to figure out how you can navigate that and qualify. Mm -hmm. You know, not only do you have to know the material, but then you have to demonstrate it in a board process. You know, at least that's what it was for me back in the day. It's a little different now, but back then, you know, you had to follow the booklet we call PQS, Personnel Qualification Standard. Follow that and then step through a board process and, and communicate what you know and demonstrate it, you know, in, in practice and in proficiency. And so once you do that, and they find you worthy, then you can wear the pin. But half the people get washed out there, and then the work begins. You are the guy who wears the pin now. And that's 18 months on standard. Yeah. Most people will get it 18 months, some before, some after. Some, many, not at all. And so you wear that pin, and now you demonstrate it. And so you're the guy that's teaching the new people how to do it. And as you matriculate through uh, surface warfare, as you progress through the ranks, uh, you become a lieutenant junior grade. Now you're responsible for more. You're responsible for more people, more systems, more equipment. The, the captain of the ship gives you more authority, more responsibility, so that you can grow to become him. At that time, more people are getting washed out because as each one of us are given 100%, 100% isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to do more. And so what is that that requires more? You know, when other people are sleeping, somebody's got to be up. Yeah. You know, when other people are taking breaks, <clears throat> you know, somebody's got to keep going. When some people take leave or vacation, somebody's got to fill in that gap. You right. know, uh, when some people are not holding what the requirement is, somebody's got to step in. Those are the people that matriculate on up to lieutenant junior grade, to lieutenant, to lieutenant commander, to commander, to captain, and then just, uh, you know, even less than 5% uh, make it to admiral. You know, it's a very, very, very small percentage. And, you know, you're, you're just blessed at that point if you get a star. And I just happen to know just, you know, a few of those. Wow. 
Jeremy, you uh, obviously uh, took a different uh, path mm -hmm. in, you know, in the corporate uh, world, starting your own company mm -hmm. and, and having to um, get contracts and grow a business. Mm -hmm. uh, tell me about systems technologies and what you all are doing and some of the challenges you have faced. So for us, we're an information solution provider. So we have two facets of our business. One is the IT solution portion, which deals more so on the networking, data analytics, consulting, and things like that. Then we have an infrastructure solution portion of our business, which deals with CCTV, networking, access control, CCTV, uh, as far as cities and municipalities where we're putting cameras on poles, where we're doing construction monitoring, where we're doing things with speed cameras and things like that within the several cities where we're doing a lot of support. Uh, for us, uh, what we're doing around the country is, is various things. We're doing all those things that I mentioned from structured cabling, access control, CCTV. We're doing construction monitoring and we're doing all of those things. Uh, we're providing services to corporations like Nike, providing services for groups like First Student, P3. We're providing services for Carrier, a number of companies that we're providing services for, and municipalities. So our group expands our services from Oregon to California to New York to Pennsylvania to Florida, and we have projects that we're taking on and that we're actively involved with all over the country. So, uh, Randy, I know that uh, as, a, uh, as an officer in the Navy, you've had a number of different assignments, uh, some of which are top secret. Uh, <laughs> I know that you have had, um, you know, war college, those sorts of things. So yeah. talk to me about, like, number one, war college, what, what it is, what, you know, your, your experience there, and number two, some of the interesting assignments that are unclassified that you can discuss, or one of the interesting assignments. Okay, so uh, Navy War College is, uh, is a way for um, officers, not only Navy, but all military service officers and uh, departments that are affiliated with Department of Defense to go and work on um, what we call joint professional education. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are two levels. There's joint professional education one and joint professional education two. I've done both. Uh, phase one, part one, uh, you will earn a master's. Uh, for me, it was in national security and strategic S studies, which I uh, actually work in right now in my current job as an assistant professor at National Defense University. So I teach that to uh, international students and, and active uh, service members from all disciplines. Um, and then phase two is uh, another level of that um, where you can go ahead and learn more and the military and, and Department of Defense looks to use you more uh, because you have that extra layer of education and mm -hmm. that's important. Uh, and then let's talk about some of the experiences that I had, uh, some of the stuff. I've served as an operations officer. Uh, that was a very fun job uh, in which you're responsible for every evolution that happens on board the ship. You know, you design it, you plan it, and you execute it. So if the ship is getting underway and heading out to sea, you're responsible for that plan. You know, all pieces to it. And then every step that's associated with it, where you're going, what time you're gonna be there, what you're gonna do while you're doing that, 
if somebody's getting on the ship, if the helicopter is flying, if a plane is coming in, you're responsible for that. And that was a very fun job. Uh, that job, you really got to understand what the captain was thinking and what the captain wanted because you worked with him very close. You understood you know, what he was comfortable with and what he wasn't comfortable with. And so I really loved that job and it made me want to become a captain. So I did that and the next step I became the executive officer in which you know, you're executing all the captain's ideas and thoughts while he's focused on making sure that ship is safe at sea. You know, and I was able to do that twice. Once uh, on board a ship you know, where we actually uh, did a 10 month deployment uh, and we were out in the Gulf and uh, we got called to shoot Tomahawk missiles. Um, and that's not something everybody has the experience uh, to do, but I did. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I know that we talked offline and, uh, you know, you said something about, um, you know, responsibility comes with, with some type of requirement or something like mm -hmm. that, something to that effect. And so uh, shooting those Tomahawk missiles, yes, something came with that, you know, <laughs> I was a target on my back, you know, after that. And uh, I had to live with that. Uh, I had some help come in and support me, make sure I was covered down. Uh, but we did what we were supposed to do out there. We did it safely and, uh, and came back with everybody we left with, which was, which was major. And then I was able to do executive officer a second time. And we, everywhere we went around the world, we brought everybody back. Fortunately, I was picked up to, to finally be the captain. And, uh, and I went out and did that and, and safely uh, took care of my people. So. Um, those were the ultimate things. So to, to your point, yeah, to, like I said earlier, to whom much is given, much is required. Yes. Right. So that responsibility is not just something that you harbor and you take in as yourself and keep the knowledge and all the training and understanding. The requirement is to share, to teach mm -hmm. someone else. And back to your point about the challenges, uh, the challenges in our business was just trying to get contracts, trying to right. get opportunities. Of course, you have major companies that are able to provide similar services. And so in this arena, they kind of box you out as a minority firm. And they try to partner with individuals that don't look like me or you on projects. So the challenge was to try to find a partner, not only utilize what systems they have from an NWB standard uh, program and use those programs to your advantage so that you can build your portfolio. Once we were able to build our portfolio, then we were one of those firms that not only did major firms look to partner with, but we were able to take on projects individually as primes. Right. <clears throat> so Randy, um, now I know that you, you're going to retire from the military mm -hmm. uh, in a few short months, actually. Yes. And that you have uh, launched Lauren Enterprise and you are the executive director. Uh, talk to me about this venture. So Loran Enterprises is a, uh, a management consulting company that my wife, Lori, and I started. Uh, and we did that because you acquire a lot of skills in the Navy, you know, especially when it comes to crisis management, mm -hmm. organizational structure, mm -hmm. team building, talent identification, identification uh, managing people, you know, leadership, all those types of things can nobody take that away from you. And it's knowledge that you can pass on if you use it. 
And so we sat down one day and tried to figure out how could we leverage this this skill set that we both have. And we came up with this idea and we started it. And um, for, and it wasn't even a year ago that we started this. But fortunately, you know, right away within a month, we was able to communicate with a client and, and sign a contract. And so at this point, we just uh, we just waiting to fire off and get yeah. started. Uh, but that mm -hmm. process is not something that you can control. Uh, but the good thing is, is it's there and uh, and we're ready to work. And uh, and it's going to be something special uh, once everything gets rolling. Now, inter an interesting dynamic to mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. you and your wife is that your wife is also in the military. Yes. And your wife is prominently featured on just about all the U.S. Navy <laughs> posters. Uh, she's the female officer that's on those posters. Yeah. Uh, but just tell me about your wife and, and her military career briefly. Oh, so her, her, her background is different than mine. And um, yes, yeah, she is the, what we would say, the face of the Navy. Uh, when she was a, a lieutenant, they needed somebody to, uh, to kind of showcase, you know, diversity in the Navy. And they ended up taking her uh, and she took the pictures and everywhere you go and you look at Navy, you see her, you see her all around. And, mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see because she's like a celebrity in the Navy. And if you happen to know her or know me, mm -hmm. then, you know, Lori, yeah. that's the way we see it. Uh, but for her, uh, she started out as a nuclear officer, um, wow. which is special in itself. You know, not many people understand nuclear technology and that type of science. Right. That tells you that her skill set is yes is very 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 rare, yes. and uh, and she was able to go out and execute that and and run naval reactors safely, um, and it was very hard duty. Um, and then she did other things in the Navy, still quite different than me. Yeah. But at the same time, um, we're both commanders, and uh, and so currently she's uh, she's doing her her assignment in the Pentagon, whereas I teach. Um, at National Defense University, which is two totally different things. But you did a stint at uh, the Pentagon, right? I did a what, stint what at was, the Pentagon. What was your uh, role there? So there, at, the, at first, I started out working on uh, missile defense, essentially. I was doing that. And then uh, that project kind of went away. And then uh, I moved into uh, the maintenance piece of the ships because, you know, there has to be money appropriated to keep those ships up and running. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. Department of Defense has a budget that they allocate towards maintenance. I was one of those guys looking at all the cracks and crevices to make sure that those ships would stand afloat so that we could go out and execute the mission worldwide. Wow. Okay. Jeremy, uh, what advice would you give to a young uh, entrepreneur or a, a person that's considering starting their own business, what would be your advice to them? My advice to them would be, first, when you first start out being an entrepreneur, it's gonna be tough. But most of all, you can't always do it initially for the money. It has to be something that you love. You have to have a passion. And sometimes it's okay to start out in the corporate world because you take that experience from the boardrooms, from being, uh, in finance or being in business analysts or business analysts or things like that. You take that experience and then you can transition it because I always believe that knowledge is transferable. So from that aspect, you got to understand that it has to be a passion of yours. You have to put in the work 
because there is a story behind every executive that sits in a seat. He has a story, you have a story, I have a story. And people talk about history, it's his story. It's his story that you have to understand that, that drive, sometimes you may run into challenges, but if you believe that it's not about the money and you believe that it's not about chasing the revenue, but chasing what you believe, right. then I believe you'll be successful because I believe that what you do best takes less effort. That's your passion, that's your gift, and just believe in that gift because it's gonna to be tough, it's gonna to be some rocky roads, it's gonna be some challenges, it's gonna be difficult, and not every day is gonna be the same. Right, and what I would add to that is, uh, and this is to piggyback off of what you said mm -hmm. about realizing that you don't have to, it can't be about the money. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've seen uh, with business owners uh, is that number one, you know, once you sign your name to a contract, your word is your bond, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so win, lose, or draw, you have to see that contract through mm -hmm. because you're, you're going to sometimes sign up for something and realize once you get into it that you didn't price it right, mm -hmm. that you underbid or you, you priced it too low or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I think character is, is critical mm -hmm. uh, in the business world. And then finally, sometime in order to advance your, your organization and your business, you have to do some things for free. Sometimes the opportunities come through you uh, actually latching on to things mm -hmm. that you don't get compensated for. Mm -hmm. But if you take that journey, it, it lead, leaves you in a better place. And so I've seen so many people lose opportunities because they don't understand that you can do some things for free and actually advance yourself. But gentlemen, thank you, for, uh, thank you guys for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Okay. And uh, it's been a great episode to my viewers. Thank you for watching. And remember, without you, there's no me.